currently in a sermon series looking at several names throughout the Bible that God's been given. We know that a name has a potential of telling us um, about someone and also what we call people communicates something about our relationship with that person. Throughout the Old Testament, God was given several names that communicated things about his nature and his character. And as we read scripture, we can see that these attributes of God are most fully demonstrated through the person and the work of Jesus. We see this in our lives today as well, that names that people are given can be attributed meaning. For example, if I say to you, Carlton, my husband, you know who he is, Carlton, even if you haven't met him, and you know his relationship to me, he's my husband. If I say, Jesse, my brother, again, you know who he is, even if you haven't met him, and you know his relationship to me. That, that name is attributed meaning. So while I was doing some research on, on names, I thought it would be a little bit of fun to have a look at my own name. And I know, Dave, you did this last week when you started the series, so I thought I'd jump on that train as well. <laughs> um, but instead of just doing my first name, I thought it'd be interesting to do my full name using my maiden name, because that's the name I was born with. So my full name with my maiden name is Ashley Jade Corbett. So first I looked up Ashley. And ash, so the first part of Ashley, means, well, it's a type of tree, it's an ash tree. And Lee means meadow. So ash tree meadow is what Ashley means. Then I had a look at jade, and jade I know is a color, it's a bit of a greeny color, but jade also means wisdom. Hmm, <laughs> I like that. Then, Corbett. So Corbett is some, uh, something someone was called if they had dark features, so dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes. But it was also uh, a name given to a raven. So if you put my name together, I am the wise raven of the ash tree meadow. <laughs> so again, please don't actually call me that. Um, but the wise raven of the ash tree meadow is what my name would mean. If, my parents, if, if that's what my parents were setting out to do. Now, I know when they named me, they didn't want me to be called the wise raven of the ash tree meadow. That wasn't their plan. Um, and, and that's what we see, I think, a lot these days. Normally, it's the other way around, though. We see people given, given names that parents, parents like the names, and then the meaning just kind of comes along with it, which it was the case for me. But back in the time of the Old Testament and in the time of Jesus, names were chosen very intentionally because of the meaning that was attributed to those names. So Dave started us off in our series last week talking about Yahweh Elohim, meaning the Lord of Lords. And if you haven't seen that, can I recommend that you go back and see it? You can have a look online on our website or on our YouTube page and, yeah, watch that. It's a fantastic sermon and Dave does a really good job of setting up, um, setting up the series for us. And, yeah, it's, it's good to, to know that as we track through this series. So today we're going to be looking at another name that was attributed to God in the Old Testament and demonstrated most fully through the life of Jesus. And that name is Yahweh Ra, 
meaning the Lord, my shepherd. And it communicates to us both things about God's nature, the Lord, Yahweh, and his deity, and his character, which is my shepherd, or Ra. And that demonstrates his, his relationship with his people. So we're going to take a look now at Psalm 23, which is where we see Yahweh Ra used. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with you, can I invite you to open up to Psalm 23? And we're going to read that now. It said, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. In this psalm that's written by David, he gives God the name Yahweh Ra, the Lord my shepherd. And now no one was more qualified to refer to God in this way than David, because David himself was a shepherd. He understood what it meant to be a shepherd, to, to have a flock and to shepherd that flock. So David, again, is very intentional and using very intentional imagery here when he was referring to Yahweh, the Lord, as a shepherd. Now, as we've said, the name that is given to God communicates to us his, his divinity and his lordship, which is, which is Yahweh, and also the relationship that he wants with his people, his character, which is Ra. So in order to grasp this well, I think it's, it's important that we understand the context that David is speaking into here. We need to understand what it actually meant to be a shepherd in those Bible times. Shepherds had a bit of a tough gig, if you ask me. And before I started really researching shepherds, I, I thought I knew what a shepherd was. You see them Christmas time mostly uh, in nativity scenes, and they normally have these cute little sheep and this little staff, and um, you know they hang around and, and get to chill out all day in the meadow. But that's not the case. First and foremost, the job of the shepherd is to care for and to protect the, his flock of sheep. The shepherd had to ensure that the sheep had good pastures where they could eat good food. They had to ensure that the sheep had easily accessible water that they could drink from. If the sheep were fed grass that was poor quality, they would become malnourished. If the sheep were led to streams that were too fast flowing, the sheep would either fall in and drown or they'd be too scared to even go near it. It was extremely important that the shepherd guided the flock to a good location. And this is an important task for the shepherd because good pastures kept his flock healthy and well. But making sure the sheep had food and water wasn't the only thing that shepherds had to worry about. Shepherds in Bible times faced incredible dangers while caring for their sheep. They had to make sure the sheep were protected during heavy weather. So in winter, they had to drive snow. In summer, they had to worry about dust storms or sandstorms. They also had to protect their sheep from, 
from robbers who would come and steal them, from wild animals who would attack the flock. David in 1 Samuel tells about how he killed a lion and a bear while defending his father's flock. When it came night time for shepherds, the shepherd had to put their flock into a makeshift pen. So this makeshift pen would only have one way in and one way out, so, so one gate, and the shepherd would actually lie down at that gate, and that meant if anyone wanted to, to enter in or anything wanted to come in, it would have to come in by jumping over the fence. And that made it a lot harder for thieves and robbers and things like that to, to take the flock away without the shepherd being um, alerted. Shepherds would willingly lay down their life. They would willingly put their life on the line for their sheep. They would patiently endure these hard con- harsh conditions for the flock. The other thing about shepherds in this time is that rather than chasing sheep from behind to, to get them to move where they want them to go, so rather than driving the sheep, the shepherd actually had to lead the sheep from the front of the flock. Shepherds back in those days didn't have trained sheepdogs or horses or tractors or cars or anything like that that they could use to drive sheep. So the way the shepherd would get his flock to follow him was actually by using his voice. So at night, in order to get the sheep into that that makeshift pen to keep them safe, the shepherd would open the gate, he would open the door, and one by one, using the sheep's names, he would call them in, one by one. I, I, think, I think that's just amazing. And the sheep would listen. The sheep would know the shepherd's voice and they would come into the pen. Now, this was imperative in order for the shepherd to keep the sheep from harm. But it was also important because occasionally and from time to time, there would be more than one flock in the pen. So each sheep had to recognise and know the sound of its shepherd's voice. And this could only be possible if the sheep actually knew the shepherd. So in Psalm 23, when David writes that the Lord is our shepherd, this is what he is describing. Yahweh, the name above all names, who, as we can see in verse 2, leads his sheep to green pastures that are good for food, and beside quiet waters. Yahweh Ra leads his sheep to rest and to refreshment. In verse three, we can see that Yahweh Ra restores. He rescues his sheep where its life was in jeopardy. He also knows where to find the right paths which lead to green pastures and quiet waters. But since these paths may lead through dangers, which we can see in verse four, we see that Yahweh Ra carries his rod and his staff for the defense and for the guidance of his sheep through those dangers. Now we come to verse five and this can sometimes feel like a little bit of a change of scene. But in fact, we can look at it through the lens of of the first part of the Psalm. And we can see it almost as a bit of a, a return to the sheep pen in the evening. Yahweh Ra has cleared a safe space as a feeding ground for his sheep. He has set up a table in the presence of their enemies. He has made sure there are no poisonous plants or no dangerous animals there. He has ointment for the sheep for small injuries and a cup brimming with water 
for the weary flock. And these shepherds, as we said, don't shepherd from a distance. That's actually impossible because then the sheep wouldn't actually know him. They wouldn't know where to go or what to do. You physically can't shepherd a flock from a distance. Shepherds know their sheep personally by name. And Yahweh Ra, the Lord our shepherd, knows his sheep by name. This is the Lord our shepherd. He is our provider, our rescuer, our restorer, our defender and protector, our guide, our healer, our comforter, our safe place and our revival. All of those things are demonstrated here in Psalm 23. And as Yahweh represents the divinity of our Lord, Ra represents the relationship that God wants to have with his sheep and with his people. And this, this is that relationship. This is that kind of relationship that the Lord God wants to have with you. So learning about, about shepherds and about the shepherd tells us a lot about the nature of God. But also, learning more about the shepherd tells us and in, informs us a lot about sheep and their nature as well. Sheep are totally dependent on their shepherd. Why? Because they are utterly defenceless. They are always subject to danger. They often wander off and get lost. They are easily frightened and confused. And in fact, sheep have been known to plunge blindly off a cliff, following one after the other, just because the first one did it. The sheep wouldn't need a shepherd if they could look after themselves. If sheep weren't helpless or, or hopeless, then, then they wouldn't need that shepherd, right? The shepherd has a job because of the nature of the sheep. And they're not, they're not the brightest of animals. I've, I found a video here this week just to demonstrate to you a little bit about um, some of the nature of sheep. So, so let's have a look. <laughs> and straight back in. <laughs> now, I do want to say that the, the video does continue and the boy pulls the sheep out again and he runs off, not back into the ditch this time, but into, back into his pasture and has a good feed. And he's not harmed in any way. Yes, so the sheep is okay. <laughs> but what this video does represent and does demonstrate is the, the hopelessness and the helplessness of, of sheep, the nature of sheep. It's quite amusing, really. I had a good laugh when I first saw this video. But the Bible actually says that we are like sheep. Isaiah 53.6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Just like sheep have a tendency to wander off and get lost, within our own nature, there is a strong tendency to go astray, following the, the lust of our flesh and our eyes and pursuing the prides of life. I was a, uh, a very shy and timid little girl. I relied pretty heavily on my mum, particularly when we were out in public around strangers and people that I didn't know. So I think a good example of this is when we'd go to the doctors for, for whatever reason, I'd walk into the doctor's office and sit down and the doctor would say, hi Ashley, how are you going? 
what seems to be the problem today? What brings you in today? And without doubt, I would sit there and I would smile at the doctor and I would just look straight to mum. Not once, I don't think I spoke to my doctor, but my mum would do it for me. She was, she was like my protector and, and I, I looked to her for, for everything. I, I stayed very close by her. So I remember one day being in a shopping centre and seeing a drinking fountain. I don't know what my obsession was when I was little with drinking fountains, but if I saw one in the shopping centre or in public, wherever it was, I had to have a drink from it. And so, so when I saw this drinking fountain at the shopping centre this day, I just I went straight there. I thought, yep, drinking fountain, here we go, that looks good. That looks good for me, I'm thirsty. I had a drink from this drinking fountain and I turned around and mum was nowhere to be seen. So as, as, as a child in a shopping centre without their mum, I panicked. I started running around where I thought mum could be and, and very quickly I became very loud. That shy little girl kind of would have come out of her shell and then, then I just sat down. I just sat down and I screamed. And by this time, people who were passing by had alerted the shopkeeper. They, and the shopkeeper had come to me. Mum had told me that if, you're, if you ever lost, shopkeepers and policemen, that, that's who you go to. Um, so I, I knew that I could trust this shopkeeper. And she took me to the front of the shop and announced on the loudspeaker for my mum. And my mum came, she came to my rescue. She came, to, she came and found me. But the reality was here that I got distracted by something that looked pleasing to me. Something that I thought would be cool to look at, I don't know, cool to push the button on, cool to drink water out of. But in doing so, I wandered off from my mum. My mum who was my protector, and I got lost. Even though I knew my mum was my protector, I knew that, I had that information, and I knew that I needed to stay with her one moment of taking my eyes off her and I was lost. We have this tendency to follow the desires of our flesh, to pursue things that look pleasing to the eye, things that will satisfy us. We do this, we do this often when we let jealousy or pride or whatever it is tell us that once we get that thing that we want, we will feel better, we will be satisfied or we will find purpose. And in doing this, we are in fact taking our eyes off God, our shepherd, and we are putting ourselves in that position. We are thinking we can be our own provider, our own rescuer, restorer, defender, protector, guide, healer, comforter, whatever it is. We are taking God off that position and we are putting ourselves there. And we know this will never work because sheep need a shepherd for a reason. They can't shepherd themselves and they are helpless without their shepherd. When we take our eyes off God and his leadership, we are like sheep wandering away from the shepherd. We get pulled out from that ditch that we saw in that video. We take our eyes off the shepherd, we end up straight back in that ditch. It is our nature to drift away, to reject God, to break his commandments because the enemy sets out to convince us that God is in fact not our shepherd. 
He, he denies that, that intimacy and that relationship that Yahweh wants with his people. But the truth is that God is our shepherd and we are his sheep. Psalm 23 uses this powerful analogy of the Lord as our shepherd and this name was given to God to communicate his nature and his character. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that through the person and the work of Jesus is where we see this this picture most fully demonstrated. The analogy of the Lord as the good shepherd was also applied to Jesus in John chapter 10. And in declaring that, that Jesus was the shepherd of his sheep, Jesus is actually confirming that he is God. The eternal God is our shepherd. So we're going to read now from John chapter 10, from, from this declaration. So if you, if you have your Bibles with you, if you flick to John chapter 10, we'll read from verse 1 to 18. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So it should be understood first that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's not simply a good shepherd, as, as others may be. He is unique in his character. And the Greek word that is used here for good is kalos, and it describes that which is noble, wholesome, good, and beautiful in a contrast to that which is wicked, mean, foul, and unlovely. It signifies not only that which is good inwardly, but also that which is good outwardly. It is an innate goodness. Therefore, in using this phrase, the good shepherd, Jesus is referencing his inherent goodness, his righteousness, his beauty, and his divinity. 
As shepherd of the sheep, he is the one who protects, guides, and nurtures the flock. This declaration in John 10 presents a complete picture of the Lord who is our shepherd, as we see it in Psalm 23. And in John, we see that Jesus is the good shepherd for two reasons. Firstly, Jesus is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for his sheep. And secondly, he is the good shepherd because he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. We read earlier from Isaiah, which we all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. But the second half of that verse says, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus' death was divinely appointed. It was always God's plan. He was willing to give up his life for the flock. And Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom is something that is paid for the freedom of something else. And in this case, the life of Jesus was paid for the salvation of his sheep. Shepherds will make up a sheep pen for their sheep and guard it by by laying down at the gate, keeping the sheep safe. Jesus also speaks of doing this for those who are his sheep. Jesus says that, that he knows his sheep and his sheep know him and he will lay down his life for his sheep. In this illustration, the sheep pen represents a place of security, a protective shelter for the family of God. No one can enter that pen except through the good shepherd. He alone determines who may come in. He protects his sheep and he leads them. He even lays down his life for them. We've all gone astray. We've all sinned and we all fall short. But that has been paid for through the life of Jesus. The full demonstration of the good shepherd who willingly laid down his life for his sheep. Jesus guards the family of God, those who believe in him, and it is only through him that others may may enter this family. But how do we know who is his sheep and who is not? We saw in Psalm 23 that the shepherd knows which sheep are his because his sheep will listen to him and know his voice. In the same way in John 10, Jesus says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. They follow him because they know his voice. Only true sheep will follow the shepherd's leadership. And Christ leads by example. His life illustrates how how we ought to live. He doesn't have to push or prod us to follow him, but he, he guides us by walking ahead of us. And as followers of Jesus, we hear his voice, we know his voice and we recognize him as our shepherd And we demonstrate that that recognition, that relationship through obedience to him. As followers of Jesus, we live as Jesus did. The statement that Jesus makes, my sheep hear my voice, expresses that that personal intimacy between the shepherd and, and between his sheep, between Jesus and those who follow him. Knowing the Lord's voice indicates an experiential knowledge through a relationship with him. So I I said before, Carlton is my husband and if he calls me on on an unknown phone number and says, hey Ash, how are you going? I I know who it is straight away, right? I, I 
hear his voice, I know his voice, and I recognise his voice. And the reason that I I recognise and I know his voice is because I have a relationship with him, because I spend lots of time with him, because we talk to each other often. We, yeah, we, we we have a personal, intimate relationship with one another. So when he calls, I hear his voice and I recognise it. On the other hand, when my hairdresser or my dentist calls me, and if they were to call me on an unknown number and say, hey Ash, how are you going? I would have no idea who it was. And the reason I wouldn't know is because I don't have a personal relationship with my hairdresser or with my dentist. I don't spend time with my dentist, luckily. I don't, I don't speak to my dentist often. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have a personal relationship with my dentist. So when they call me, I don't recognise their voice. I don't know who it is straight away. I have to ask them, who is this? In the same way, if, if when God speaks, when the Lord speaks, when we have that personal relationship with him, when we spend time with him, when we, when we know him, when we speak regularly, we will know his voice. We will understand his voice. We will recognise him because of that relationship that we have with him. And Jesus wants us to know him, like in my example, like I know Carlton, so that when he speaks, we will recognise him. And this comes through that personal relationship. And this is the relationship that Yahweh Ra wants to have with his sheep. When Jesus says, my shepherd, when he uses the word my, this also affirms And it comes as as a little bit of a warning that there are true sheep and there are false sheep. So you may have heard the saying, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, this is the same same idea as that, right? There are many people out there who pose as sheep that belong in the flock, but they are not. They may know about the shepherd. They may look like a sheep. They may bar like a sheep. They may walk like a sheep but they are not sheep. Because as soon as the shepherd gives direction, as soon as, as soon as the shepherd speaks and leads the flock in one way, the sheep who do not belong there, they, they won't listen. They won't recognise the voice of the shepherd and they won't follow in the shepherd's guidance. These people that Jesus warns about are false teachers. Um, and at the time, they were the, the Pharisees. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees here. And they did not love the people, nor were they willing to sacrifice for their people. These self-appointed and self-righteous false teachers led people, the people of Israel astray from the true knowledge of the Messiah. They were clinging to a works-based religion that could not lead to salvation. These false teachers were like thieves that plundered the flock for their own gain. They were trying to come into the sheep pen, not through the gate, not through the shepherd and through Jesus, but by jumping over the fence through using things like works-based salvation. And sadly, these false teachers are still around today. In order to be able, for, for, for the sheep, in order to be able to discern between true sheep and false sheep, The only way we can do that is by deeply knowing and having true communion and relationship with our shepherd. When we don't, 
we can be easily led astray to our own destruction. This is the importance of knowing the word of God. Because if false, te- if, sorry, if false sheep come along and lead us astray, we need to be able to recognise whether what they are saying is in line with Jesus and with his teachings or if it's not. And by hearing God's voice in scripture, we get to know him. And knowing, knowing Jesus produces faith and that faith causes us to follow and to obey and it protects us from those thieves, from the false sheep who only come to steal and to kill and destroy. So what does this mean for us all now? Well, like sheep, we too have gone astray, me included, and we need a shepherd. As humans, we are spiritually blind and we are lost in our sin. The Lord God, Yahweh, is our shepherd. He is the only true shepherd and he demonstrated this through the willingness of laying down his life for us and through knowing us personally. When we as believers follow our shepherd, we know that we will have all that we need. We read that in Psalm 23. We will not lack the necessities of life for he knows exactly what we need. God is our provider. He is our rescuer, our restorer, our defender, our protector, our guide, our healer, our comforter, our safe place and our revival. And all of that is demonstrated and found in Psalm 23. This is a beautiful truth. The sheep didn't worry about where their next green pasture was gonna be or what stream they were gonna drink from next. They didn't stress about the potential dangers that lay around them because they knew that they were being carefully watched over by a shepherd that would provide for them and would protect them. And we have this same security through Jesus. I want to invite the worship team to come back up now. And I think we should ask, how should we respond to this? I think firstly, we need to acknowledge the overwhelming love that God has for his sheep. He loves his sheep so much that he willingly laid down his life for them. His life wasn't taken from him, it wasn't stolen from him. He lay it down of his own accord. This is the love that Yahweh Ra has for his sheep. Not so he can shepherd us from a distance, but so that he can personally know and be known by us. The second thing that we need to do for those of us who are his sheep and who are followers of Jesus is to rest in the security of the sheep pen. If you are not in the sheep pen, if you are not a follower of Jesus, there is the invitation there to come in through, through Jesus and through his um, life and death. But Jesus said this of his sheep. He said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Those who belong to the Good Shepherd belong to God the Father. They are his forever. Jesus laid down his life on the cross to give his followers eternal life. And they are safe in that sheep pen for all eternity.
So we need to stop trying to leave the sheep pen, stop trying to be our own shepherd, because we have the true and the good shepherd as our shepherd. We, could, we, can, never, we can never replace that. God is the creator and the sustainer of everything, and he's a much better shepherd than we could ever be, and we are secure in his sheep pen forever. So we need to rest in that security. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have for us. Lord, we thank you uh, for the promise of your guidance, of your leadership. Lord, but also of your restoration, your love. And Lord, I just pray that, that some, sometimes it is difficult to to feel this and to understand this. As sheep, we are prone to wander. We, sometimes we want to be our own shepherd because we think we can do a better job. And Lord, this is all too familiar, I think, for a lot of us. But I do pray, Father, that learning this truth that you are the good shepherd, Lord, would we, would we surrender to you the times where we are trying to be a shepherd of our own lives, and would we rest in you, rest in your sheep pen? Would we come before you and acknowledge your love for us? And would we allow you to be our shepherd? In your name, amen.